Thank you for downloading the Bungler Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan and in this episode we look ahead to the West Indies tour of Bangladesh and we look back at the Women's World 2020 in the West Indies. Joining me down the line from Chattagram is Nasira Mohammed, Communications Executive and Media Officer for Cricket West Indies. Nasira, thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure, Roshan. So you're in Chattagram at the moment. That's correct. I'm here with the West Indies men's team. Oh, amazing. Now, I've, I've seen your social media and I've seen you wrapped up in a towel because apparently the commentary box and the press box is really cold. Is it? Is it that cold there? Yesterday it was cold. Today it's perfect. I brought a jacket today. No need for it. <laughs> no need for a jacket. I'm trying to figure out whether it's cold because you're used to really warm weather in the West Indies. <laughs> As you know, the Caribbean doesn't have any sort of winter, fall, that type of period. Um, but yesterday morning when we woke up and we came outside to get to the bus, you know, it was a little bit on the chilly side. It was a cool breeze passing through um, Chattagram. Even when we got to the grounds, it was a little bit, you know, colder than we're in, that, we're in, that we're accustomed to um, while the guys were warming up and stuff. And then I think the AC itself in the press box was a little bit cold yesterday. And I didn't walk with my jacket because I wasn't thinking that, you know, it would be that cold. <laughs> so I had to end up using one of the towels that they give to the players. That was very resourceful of you. Um, let's talk about the Women's World 2020, first of all. First of all, congratulations on getting, like, West Indies got to the semi-finals. Um, commiserations on not, not making the final. But also just congratulations on hosting a fantastic tournament. It's it's felt massive, um, like, for the West Indies, but also for the women's game, it's felt like there's been a massive global impact with the World 2020. So, like, genuinely, congratulations. It's been amazing. How's it How's it been being part of the kind of organising and host country? Definitely, it's been amazing. Um, we ourselves at Cricket West Indies, and I'm sure the local organising committee, you know, we knew the interest that there was um, in hosting the event in the Caribbean. We hosted it last in 2010, but it wasn't, you know, that big of a turnout or interest in it. But this time around, I guess, seeing that we were world champions, um, there was a different, you know, aspect to it, a different significance to it. And the squad that we had was probably one of the strongest we've had in years. But that being said, the crowds that we've had come out to the games in Guyana and St. Lucia has been fantastic. It reminded me of West Indies cricket from the 80s and early 90s. Days, you know, in the heydays of of when West Indies cricket was, you know, legendary in terms of winning and their records and stuff, and you know to see the passion that these girls played with, and 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 the the, the re revival of West Indies cricket, so to speak, and the interest from the public of the Caribbean public, it was so pleasing to see, and just as just me looking on from a distance, so I can just imagine what my colleagues and what other West Indians at home felt when they were at the ground itself. Yeah, I saw um, footage actually just last night of even though the West Indies girls had lost in the semi-final, they were doing a lap of honour and, and the stadium looked packed. The atmosphere looked amazing and it's so promising and so progressive for the women's game because, like, it sounds silly, but sometimes with cricket, when you're in a cricket bubble, you never know how, um, like how big a tournament is outside of the cricket circle. Same with like the Champions Trophy uh, last year. It felt huge because I was a cricket fan, but I had no idea how much impact it had outside of the circle. Whereas with this, with this World Tweet 20, 
it's felt like it's had an impact and people are talking about it and you know in the UK they're investing money behind like the women's game and finding young coaches female coaches for the future so it feels like there's been a big impact um not a great tournament for Bangladesh commiserations to you I know I, I do you know what? I was so so sad because we came into the tournament as Asia Cup champions and I thought like like nobody thought we were going to be favourites. I think England, Australia, India, the West Indies—they were all your kind of, you know, your semi-finalists are basically the teams who everyone thought were going to be there. Um, but I felt we might come in as underdogs and and surprise a few teams. But our batting never really got off the ground. Our bowling was great. Your bowling surprised us in the first rounds. I know. Yeah, I think we bowled well. We we held it to about 106. So like really low scoring matches, even just about. But our batting has just struggled, and I wonder whether that was because of the conditions. Maybe we weren't used to like, because obviously there was a lot of rain, which would obviously affect the kind of conditions that they're playing in. I wonder if they were just conditions that our our girls weren't used to batting on. Um, but it just it never really took off for us particularly, which is which is a shame. Well, I mean, and then our our batting last night looked similar to what your batting looked like in the earlier rounds. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's it could be a little bit of both, you know, in terms of I guess the inexperience of the team playing in conditions in the Caribbean, as well as nerves. You know, sometimes playing on a big stage gets the better of you. No matter if you're Asia Cup champions, World T20 champions, whatever the case may be, but you know, whatever it was, it, it affected both teams. It affected a lot of teams because South Africa got wrapped. South Africa got wrapped up in it as well because you know they missed out. They got knocked out after the group stages, and they were one of the stronger sides coming into the tournament as well. Mm. No, it's been a fantastic tournament. Um, so genuinely, congratulations on hosting it. I'm so so excited about the future of women's cricket, particularly the Bangladesh team, because I think we are we are by no means one of the more sort of established teams, but I think up and coming and really exciting. Let's talk about the men's team then. So they are in Bangladesh. Correct. For two tests. Yep. Uh, is it three one-day internationals and three T20s? That's correct. Now, I mean, we played you earlier this year in what I'll describe as probably one of the worst test series I've seen for Bangladesh in a long time. I mean, that 43 all out in the first uh, in the first test with them, um, I think it was was it Kamal Roach sort of just ripping through our middle order. That's a correct. He took five for eight. Oh god! Like honestly, I like I mean the sad thing is I can watch that innings in one sitting. It's so short. It was like twenty less than twenty overs, I think. So do the West Indies come into this series with an expectation of being able to walk over Bangladesh again, or or is it a different game now that they are on the Tigers' home turf? It's a totally different game because we know that we're not in the conditions that we have back in the Caribbean. You know, it's a flat wicket. It's a dust pit. I would call it because I'm actually sitting here looking at the guy's bat. And every time they play a stroke, there's a cloud of dust that comes off the pitch. Um, you know, you never know. You might see one of them batting in a dust mask, but <laughs> that's a different thing. But we know, we know it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be easy. Um, but we're taking it one session at a time to overcome this Bangladesh team because any team that plays at home always has the advantage. And the wickets that we're accustomed to back home is more scene-friendly. It's greener, it's bouncier, it has variations in it, whereas pitches in the subcontinent, as we've seen in India and now Bangladesh, extremely flat, spin-friendly. You know, So 
we're not coming in here with, with, with you know, being on this high pedestal or we, you know, defeated them 2-0 back at home so we can take them light. Definitely not. It is a, a trial by spin uh, in Bangladesh. And I think a lot of fans are really excited to see Shakib Al-Hassan back in the team, back leading the team. Um, and obviously Tidal Islam off the back of his, I think he took like 18 wickets against Zimbabwe last month. So I think it's going to be a sort of big trial by spin. Who, who are the players that are going to be key for the West Indies in this series? Who who are the Bangladesh team? Should they be making plans for? Um, Definitely number one target for everybody right now is Shuman Hetmeyer because, you know, he's coming off a really good white ball season back home in the Caribbean for CPL. He carried it through um, to the top of India where he was outstanding in the ODI series. Didn't fire so much in the T20 series, but he is one of the best players of spin that we have on the team. Probably the best player of spin that we have on the team. And, you know, he has taken to the subcontinental pitch. He didn't do that well um, in the test series against India, but he can read spin probably better than anybody else on the team. Um in addition, so in addition to Shimron, we also have She Hope, Rustin Chase, who picked up a century um, in the subcontinent against India last tour, you know, a month and a half ago, as well as Craig Brathwaite, who is the standing captain right now in place of Jason Holder, who's absent due to injury. Um, so these batsmen, they're the ones that, you know, Bangladesh would probably have to take stock of. Um, and back home, I mean, this is not a comparison because, as I said before, it's two different wickets. But Craig got um, back-to-back centuries against Bangladesh. He got a century in Antigua in the first test match, and he got a century in Jamaica in the second test match. So, I mean, he is one that can stay and bat as long as needed, as well as, you know, she and then Rostan and Shimron. But... We have a few that can probably frustrate the Bangladeshi bowlers. Yeah, it was a sort of. I'm looking at the kind of one day scores from the the India series, and it was a real Jekyll and Hyde performance because we had a couple of like 300 plus scores. The first three matches. Yeah, like it felt like it was going head to head, and then towards the end, I think the West Indies sort of just capitulated a little bit. You know, that 104 in the last match, I think everyone was a bit kind of like, "What happened?" You know, <laughs> that's, that's uh, correct. That's correct. I mean, you know. Some of us are still probably asking what happened. <laughs> but, I know. Well, I mean, as, as a Bangladesh fan, I'm very used to a collapse, and we saw one in the, you know, we see them quite regularly. We saw it in the first test. But um, I think there's a lot of excitement about our squad. Like, I think Momenul Huck now. Um, so we're just, for anyone listening, we're recording this on day two of the of the first test, and you know, Momenul Huck now has got four centuries this year. That's correct. Tied with Virat Kohli. I know. He's tied with Virat Kohli. And I'm so confused as to how... He's got four test centuries, but only is 35th in the test ranking. So I sort of think maybe someone needs to have a look at the Excel spreadsheet and update the formula to to reflect recent performances. Um, but also people like Mushfika Rahim as well, who, you know, scored that brilliant double century against Zimbabwe. It feels like we are a different team at home with the test matches. As I said, you know, every, every team has that, that, that safety net in playing home um, because you know the conditions best. No, completely. I think, though, the main focus for us will be inevitably the one-day internationals with the World Cup coming because we have a lot of questions to answer. Um, we still don't know who is going to open the batting next year. So Tommy McBell's still injured, and in a weird way, that's been 
looking for a positive, it's been a blessing in disguise because we've been able to audition two opening batsmen at a time. But I don't think we've quite found the right combination. Like we all thought maybe Litton Das would be the guy, but he's then left out of the test squad. Imral Kays has done did okay against Zimbabwe. Um but we are struggling to figure out who's going to open the batting next year. And that's a real concern for us. And actually, our top order haven't really fired for a long time. And I thought that's a real weak spot that the West Indies can exploit, both in the Test and One Day series. What are the ambitions for the One Day series? Obviously, we, we you know, I think we, we we beat you in the West Indies, which was, I think, a shock result for everyone. That's correct. You all defeated us 2-1, as well as mm. in the, um, the as well. T- T20 series, same scoreline, 2-1. Um, but the thing about it is, the team that we have for the ODI squad, with the exception of Jason Holder, obviously the team that played against India showed a lot of fight for the first three matches out of the five. Um, and as you said, you know, that Bangladesh is still trying to figure out the combination for the World Cup next year. I think it's the same case with the West Indies, trying to find the best players to bolster the team going into the 2019 World Cup in England and Wales. And I think a lot of the international teams are going through that same process right now, um, except with the exception of India, who said you know that there's that they're finished chopping and changing um, players that they're going to stick with a core group of players. But I think the West Indies will have probably the same mindset to stick with a core group of players with slight variations because we also have a tour coming up home against England. It's going to be a long series um, against England at home. It starts in January, finishes in March. That's that's correct. So between this series in Bangladesh and the series against England at home, I think that's where, you know, where our team, our 50 overs team is really going to be chosen. Um, so it's just a matter of the guys sticking their hands up and saying, OK, pick me. Fair enough. And they've got ample opportunity to do it, I think. Mr. make your predictions then. Um, in this two test series, who, who's going to who's going to take it? Bangladesh or the West Indies? Dude, you're putting me on the spot here with this thing, but I mean, I've got. To, I need to call you for, for a prediction. That's the rule. <laughs> um, I think we might see a drawn series. A Bangladesh one-one at home is becoming the thing from England, Australia to Zimbabwe. So it wouldn't surprise me if the West Indies also took a one-one in the one-day international series. What do you, what do you think? Um, I'd have to give my our team the upper hand in that that, and as well as the T Twenty series. Because the short format, while you all are really good in it, um, I think, you know, sometimes our players, we just need to click at the right time. And it happens on the day itself. No, totally. It's our strongest format, but we've also shown uh, some sort of yo-yoing form. Like during the Asia Cup, we, we, you know, we lost quite badly against Afghanistan then bounced back to go to the final. So it, it depends what Bangladesh team turns up. I'm hoping that we can have show some consistency, some mental strength, some good form and pull through in both those series. Nasira, it has been so, so lovely chatting to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. And enjoy your time in Chotsagram and go and enjoy the food. And if you get time, go visit Cox's Bazaar. The beach is beautiful. I will try to, but we're here just until the end of the, the test match. So I'll see how much time we have. I don't want the test match to finish before the five days. So... <laughs> no, that's true, actually. That's true. That's a valid point. That's a very valid point. Thank you so much for joining me. No worries. And if you have any thoughts on Bangladesh cricket or anything you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, send me an email podcast at bunglacricket.co.uk and I'll see you for the next one very soon.